You know, in all my life, in all of my ministry, I've never had the privilege of doing a Memorial Day weekend service. I've never had the privilege of being the speaker on Memorial Day. And as it became time to get ready for this sermon, I figured the best way to get ready for a Memorial Day service is to watch some old movies. You know what I'm talking about? Some good movies. Well, you know, I got this. I got the Netflix out and the Prime. The the what is it called? The the Prime, Amazon Prime. Got it all lined up. Got ready to watch my old war movies. And and Paul Ryan and I sat down, and I was going to make him sit there and watch him with me. And he said, "Dad, let's watch this one first. One that I'd seen, but I hadn't really had in my mind for watching. You know, I kind of was thinking like Patton or what are those? You know, y'all know them, y'all know Patton." Y'all don't know that movie? Uh, about to say, about to say, I'm going home if y'all don't know that movie. Uh, Patton or, or Hamburger Hill or, or uh, The Full Metal Jacket or one of, the, one of those movies. And he said, let's watch, let's watch Heartbreak Ridge. Saw, right? Hacksaw Ridge. Heartbreak Ridge is another movie from way back when. He said, let's watch Hacksaw Ridge. I went, okay, let's watch Hacksaw Ridge. Can I just tell you all something? I made it through one movie. And as I'm watching this movie, the Lord laid a sermon on my heart like he never has before. A way of doing a sermon a little bit different. But things in this this movie were just so impactful to me. Now, i got to be honest, it was kind of bloody and gross, so I'm not necessarily recommending it. But it was a good movie. Uh, it was a little bloody, had a little language because it was a military movie, as most of them do. So I'm not sitting here endorsing it, but it was a good movie. It was a really good movie. And it spoke to my heart. And as I'm sitting there watching this movie, and as the Lord is laying these things on my heart, I'm like, Lord, what, are you sure? And he went, yeah. So this morning... I want to show you a couple of clips from this movie that spoke to my heart, and hopefully it can speak to all of us this Memorial Day weekend. Does that sound okay to you? Just show you a couple of clips, we'll talk some, and we'll go to the house. Does that sound good to everybody in here? All right, or the lake, or wherever you're headed. I know some of y'all are like, would you hurry up? The water is calling my name. Come on up to the baptistry, we'll get you wet. All right. I want to set this up real quick, where we're at in this movie. Um, this kid, this, the, the man's name is Desmond Doss. And Desmond Doss is a man who said, I will never touch a gun, but I feel called to go and to serve my country. So he's called as a medic. He won't touch a gun. He, he, he's decided that no matter what happens, he's not picking up a gun. No matter what, he's going to defend his country by saving, or help his country by saving lives. He says that there's been enough taken, there's plenty to do that. I want to be the one that saves lives. Well, in the clip that we're about to show, there had been a battle on Hacksaw Ridge, and the American troops were retreating. Desmond was retreating with the rest of the troops, when suddenly he stops. He's running like everybody else to the edge of the cliff, And he's about to climb down, and he stops. 
Go ahead, Brandon. Come on! We gotta get out of here! sure if you could hear it or not, but in the distance, he heard somebody crying, medic, medic. He said, I can't hear your voice talking to God. And all of a sudden he's sitting there and he's going, God, show me what to do. And he hears somebody cry out for a medic. Church, can I tell you something? When God gives you a call, the call stays the same until he changes it. He was called to be a medic in that moment. He was called to go and to take care of the people. We are called to do certain things. And until God tells us something different, we continue to do what God called you to do. Even in those moments when you can't hear His voice. Even in those moments when you're like, Lord, it's too hard. God, I don't want to do that. We are to continue going. And the call that God has laid before us. Jeremiah was a man who followed the call even though it wasn't going to be easy. Even though it was going to be hard times for him. But Jeremiah was absolutely called. Matter of fact, Jeremiah 1.5 says this, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nation." Jeremiah was called when he was about 17 years old. He was given a horrible assignment by God to tell Israel it was time to change. He preached for approximately 40 years. And as far as we know, he never saw anybody's life change. He never saw anybody decide to follow God. Can you imagine... Can you imagine a 40-year assignment where you're like, God, I want to I serve you. I want to go and preach for you. I want to be who you've called me to be. And nobody ever moving. No one ever being changed. No one ever 
doing what you feel like they should do. That's a tough road. That's a tough call. That's a tough assignment. But Jeremiah had that assignment. He said, he decided, if I never see any results, I'm going to keep preaching. If I never see God do anything, I'm going to keep telling people about Him. I'm going to continue in my call. I'm going to run straight into the danger that is before me. Because Israel wanted Him dead. They were tired of hearing Him. They were tired of hearing this dude preach, and they wanted Him dead. There are numerous events that happened in his life where he was thrown into pits, where he was beaten, where he was knocked down. But he said, I'm still going to fulfill my call because you have called me here. You have placed your hand upon me, God, and I'm going to do it. Church, that needs to be us. That needs to be us. That we know that God has called us to do a work And we do it no matter what. No matter how discouraged we get or how beat up we get, we need to be like like Jeremiah and Desmond and run into the fire. Run into those things that are before us. Jeremiah, even under the pressure of continual attack, wrote these words in Jeremiah 29.11, Rachel's favorite verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Can I be honest? That would be a really hard thing to say. If you're coming at me, I don't want to tell you that God's plan for you is to prosper you. I want to tell you God's plan is to nuke you. I want to tell you that God is done with you Go away in my flesh. As, I am the, if, as, as we are fulfilling the call that God has placed on us, as we're doing the stuff that He's told us to do, we can write and do the things like Jeremiah. Go head first into the attacks, head first into the hard times, and say, Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Even though I may not want to. Let's make sure we're doing that. Let's make sure that we are not leaving our call when times get tough. Let's make sure that we go, yes, God. Bring them. Bring the pain. Bring those people at me. I will do as you've called me to do. This next clip is after Desmond has returned to the battlefield. He's continued with the call he has been given and has begun to find wounded soldiers. He's begun to look for wounded soldiers. Please, Lord, help me get one more. Help me get one more.
of somebody who had a, a call to just do whatever it took to get one more. I'm going to read a little bit more than normal this morning because I, I wrote down the ministries that we know of of the 11 disciples. So I'm going to go through that, okay? So just, just bear with me. Remember Peter? He was the outspoken vocal leader of the disciples in Jerusalem. Maybe not exactly what you would think of when you hear the word pastor. He became a preacher, traveling and preaching Jesus Christ from city to city, ended in Rome. Andrew was Peter's brother, and he is mentioned with the apostles in Acts 2, but never mentioned again in the Bible. Historians tell us that he went northward to the shore of the Black Sea, where he had a great ministry to the the pirates, and Andrew, to this day, is considered the, pa- the patron saints of sailors. He led, he, sorry, he, he led deep into those people. Then he went to Istanbul, traveled to Greece, and all over Europe. James stayed in his home country and ministered to the Jews who were yet believers in Jesus. They were, thr- he, they, they were thrown in and out of prison, and at one point, Acts 5, God sent an angel to release them. John was there with the very first church, arrested and imprisoned because they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus. They seized him, put him in jail. The church grew to over 5,000. He later became the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Philip, in Acts chapter 8, was told to just go south from Jerusalem to Gaza. He found an Ethiopian man there and led him to the Lord, baptized him... Then the Lord took him to present-day Turkey. Bartholomew traveled to what is today northern Turkey with, with Philip. He continued spreading the gospel eastward into Iraq, Iran, and Pakistan. Thomas was concerned because Buddhism was beginning to make inroads during his lifetime. And his passion was to tell the people there about the real Jesus. He went out to find the three kings who had seen Jesus as a boy and to tell them about the cross. He continued preaching 
faith in Jesus all the way through southwestern India. Matthew went preaching and teaching in Judea for eight years, then headed into Arabia and eventually Ethiopia with the gospel for Africa. James the less. What a horrible way to be remembered. Can I just put that out there for you? Can we say James, not that James, but the other James? I just just thought I'd stop there for a minute. Can you imagine? Jicka the less. I don't want to be that. That would be horrible. Anyway, sorry. James the less took the gospel west across the Mediterranean Sea. His body is buried in Santiago de Compostelio in northwestern Spain. Thaddeus traveling north out of Asia, Galatia, into the area bridging Asia, Europe, Turkey, Greece. Simon the Zealot shared the gospel in Egypt and North Africa, then boarded a vessel and passed over the ocean to the isle called Britannia. Really quick, these 11 became 12, then 15, then 5,000, then millions, then a cross, then me, then you, then those that we touch. Because they said, just one more, Lord. Just one more. Just give me one more person. Just give me one more person. Because that's what I want, is to share your love with just one more. Let that be us. Let that be us. Let that be the church that is Grapevine. Let that be the people who are here today. We've got a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. And it tells the story of how these guys finished their Just One More. DC Talk rewrote the book into modern day English and added a few more stories, and it's called Jesus Freak. Excellent books. But let's see what, they, what those two books say Just One More really looks like. Peter was crucified upside down. Because he said he was not worthy to be crucified in the same position as his Savior. Andrew was convicted of starting a new sect and taking away from the religion of the Roman gods, sentenced to death on a cross. As Andrew was brought toward the place of exhaustion, it was heard saying, O cross, most welcome and longed for, with a willing mind, I joyfully... I joyfully come to you, being the disciple of Him who hung on you. He hung on the cross for three days. He preached as long as He had breath. James was one, sorry, was on his way to be killed, and a man saw his peace and joy of Jesus in him and was saved and said, You should not receive the crown of martyrdom alone. I will die with you. He was immediately sentenced to death, and they were both beheaded together. John was condemned by Rome to be, to be scalded alive in boiling oil, surviving this death sentence, but with bleached skin, burns, and scars. They could not condemn him a second time, so he was banished to a small barren isle of Patmos. John wrote the book of Revelation from there. He was allowed to return to Ephesus to die of natural causes among friends. Philip was tied to a pillar and stoned, telling others about Jesus the entire time. Bartholomew was beaten with a rod, suspended upside down, and crossed and skinned alive. He did not die from this and continued to tell others about Jesus while being exhausted. Finally, to prevent him from saying anything else, the king's men took an axe and 
cut off his head. Thomas was tortured by red-hot metal plates and then thrown into a glowing furnace. To the amazement of all the fire, of all the fire did not hurt him. When they saw, they were so angry that they threw spears and javelins into the furnace at him. One of the spears pierced his side, and he fell dead. Matthew was dragged out of a house while teaching about Jesus, nailed to the ground with a short spear, and beheaded. James the Less was preaching from the top of a temple. The religious leader pushed him off. They, the fall did not kill him. It only broke his legs. The priests and the scribes on the ground began to stone him. While they stoned him, he made it to his knees and began to pray for the Lord to forgive them. While he was praying, a man grabbed a stick, ran up, and hit him on the head, killing him instantly. Thaddeus was attacked with sticks and clubs in Turkey for teaching Jesus. Simon the Zealot was painfully tortured and crucified in Britannia. And the Apostle Paul, who was one of the ones shortly after the eleven started, was shown compassion because he was a Roman citizen. He was only beheaded for the cost of Christ. Do you know what? Not one of them, not one of them, would have not gone through what they went through for you. Because they just wanted one more. And they said, no matter what you throw at me, I can handle it. Matter of fact, if you were, if you, if you were able to hear those words as I read them, most of them won people on their way to their death. Oh, let that be me. Oh, let that be grapevine. Let us go. And let us preach and teach people to the end. Because you know what? Nothing matters but what we do for the kingdom of God. That's what matters. Just one more, Lord. Just one more. God, I don't care what you're going to take me through. I don't care if I have to go to Madisonville, Kentucky. Lord, whatever you want to do with my life, just give me one more. God, wherever you want to call me, just take me there. Because I just want one more. I just want one more. And as you saw Desmond crawling around on the ground, he just wanted to save one more life. And there's only one way to truly save a life. And that's to introduce them to Jesus. The only hope for anybody is Jesus. Just one more, Lord. Let that be our battle cry. Let that be what grapevine is all about. This last clip is after Desmond has spent, the night, spent all night saving people from the ridge. He was credited with saving 75 soldiers. Go ahead. All I saw was a skinny kid. I didn't know who you were. You've done more than any other man could have done in the service of his country. Now I've never been more wrong about someone in my life. I hope one day you can forgive me. 
We have to go back up tomorrow. I realize that tomorrow is your Sabbath. Most of these men don't believe the same way you do. But they believe so much in how much you believe. And what you did on that ridge is nothing short of a miracle. And they want a piece of it. And they're not gonna go up there without you. Go to work. The men did not want to go up the hill without Desmond or knowing that Desmond was praying for them. As they continued in battle, they wanted to know that he was going to be with them. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You all know it so well, but I want to read it to you again. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything as I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. These were the last words to the disciple in the book of Matthew. These were the last words that God shared with them. And He said, Here's your call. Go to work. Here's your call. Go and serve. Here's your call. Go and work. After the disciples led people to the Lord, they didn't just leave them there. They didn't just abandon them. They got their assignment. They had their call. They'd looked for one more. But that's not all they did. All through the book of Acts, we see where they went back and they strengthened the church. They went back and prayed with the people. They went back and were a witness to those people with their lifestyle. That's what's going on here. Desmond has, has shown these people who God is and they won't want to be without Him. And now that's who we need to be. People that remind others about Jesus. That we go and we help and that we're that person when stuff comes up that they went around to pray with them and to be with them and to be part of their life. When you serve God, you're called to serve people. Over the last 25 years, Rachel and I have been called by many people in the worst times. Come, help us out. And we've had the opportunity to go and to pray with people and laugh with people. And be with them in some tough, tough times. Over the last seven years, some of you have called us. And we've been through stuff together. We've prayed. We've laughed. We've been through this or that. And that's what we're to be, church. We're to be there for each other. Lifting each other up. 
being a reminder of Christ in the worst times of people's lives. These men are probably marching to their death. But with Desmond there, there was a peace. And we need to bring the peace of Jesus everywhere we go into every situation that He puts us in. That's your job. That's who God's called you to be, is a help to those that are hurting and a reminder of Christ in everything. But your call, it's the same as the disciples. It's in Matthew 28. I want to read it to you one more time. Because some of you may be sitting here going, well, Jacob, that's really good to say that I'm supposed to finish my call. Okay. Your call is the same as he told them because that's who you are. You're the just one more who should be looking for just one more. Your call in Matthew says that Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's your call if you have Jesus in your heart to go and to get one more and to be there for them and walk with them through life. But if you've never received Christ, your call's a little bit different. But yours is a call to salvation. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, that's where it starts. That's not where it ends. It's where it starts. Some of us got that a little bit confused. We thought that, well, I got saved, so now I'm done. No. You got saved, now you got a job. So go to work. So go to work. So I guess the question for today goes back to that first clip. Are you ready to continue the call that Jesus has put on your life? No matter what. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to be who you've called us to be. God, help us to follow your call, no matter where it takes us, no matter what it takes from us. Lord Jesus, let us seek for just one more.